I want to jump into this. If you're at James chapter one, we're going to read from verses two. Uh, we're going to read from verses two through five, two through five. Uh, say, I got it. If you're there, it also will be there on the screen for you. I'm going to be reading from the King James version today. James says, my brethren, he says, count it all joy. Somebody say all joy. Count it all joy when ye enter into diverse temptations or trials of various kinds. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Everybody say patience. Works patience. The Bible says, but let patience have her perfect work in you, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. And then the Bible goes on in the last verse for our reading. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not or doesn't take it back. And it shall be given unto him. And so I want to talk to you today uh, around this subject for unbothered, unbothered uh, part four. Don't be unbothered by the weight. So listen. A while ago, I was on my way, I was on my way, uh, on my way to an appointment and I was running late. And you know, um, how many of you have ever been running late before? Okay. Yeah. And so I was running late, you know, and I was on my way and there's a stoplight that's right at the corner of where I live up here on this. I live uh, by, by, by Shepherd and Murison, right? And that stoplight fam, I, it is like, it is designed to work your last nerve. You never want to. It will, you, you will be better off driving all the way down to the other side of Mirison, right? Back by, all the way by, down by the other side, by Milner, and coming all the way around. Because that light takes eons. And so I was late and I was on my way. Uh, stay with me, I'm going somewhere. And so I got to this stoplight and the light was red. And so I'm waiting and I'm like, man, when should, should I? Uh, uh, and I'm trying to think about way I can maneuver, maze I can maneuver. But I stayed there and I waited. Then finally, I'm thinking, you know what? I'm going to jump out and I'm going to press the crosswalk. And if I press the cross, see, you don't know about those life hacks. So I jump out the car and I go press the button. And, the, and you know, and, and it start, the counter starts. And I'm like, so then I got to wait for the counter now. And so I'm sitting there and the counter goes. And then look. So finally, the light changes green. And once the light changes green, right, at that moment, I hear in my heart, in my spirit, I would say, I heard, don't move. Don't go, right? And so I'm like, what do you mean don't go? I've been sitting here for like 25,000 minutes. And now finally the light turns green. And you're telling me, I heard the Lord say, don't go. And so in that moment, I waited. I hesitated. I waited a little bit longer, right? And then after waiting some time, I felt the release to move. And so a few seconds later, I start to pull off. And as I'm pulling off, a car just goes and zooms right through the red light. And so if I had have moved, if I didn't wait in that moment, someone sees where I'm going with this thing. If I didn't heed to the fact that the to the to the inner speaking of the Holy Spirit at that moment, 
I would not be standing before you more than likely preaching this word today because of the velocity, because of the momentum that was carrying that car as it sped through the red light. And so the fact of the matter is that waiting oftentimes can save your life. Uh, I wonder if there's anybody that's going to go with me on this morning that understands that sometimes even though the light is green, it doesn't mean that you should go. Can I just go ahead and just pull up real quick on part on on, on, on uh, point number one? Here it is. Watch this. Point number one will be up on the screen for you. Sometimes wisdom screams stop at life's green lights. Many of you, many of you, as soon as green lights come up in your life, as soon as situations open up, oftentimes after you've been waiting for a long time, I wonder if I have a witness in here this morning, we are ready, you are itching, you already been itching to move off. And so when the green light shows up, when the door opens, you're like, man, this must be the Lord. It must be my time to make a move because the light is green. But how many of you know that sometimes in wisdom, you got to stop at green lights because the weight actually can save your life. Oh man, I feel like there's deliverance in that for somebody because there's somebody that's on a job right now and you've been waiting. You're like, man, God, I've been waiting to get out of this job forever. Come on, somebody. And a door and an opportunity has opened up. I wonder if I'm coming down anybody's row. An opportunity has opened up and it may even be one that will elevate you to a higher position. And I just showed up to prophesy to somebody who has been feeling that inner speaking of the Holy Spirit saying, no, that's not for you, baby. And you're like, oh, this that's the devil. The devil is a liar. Come on, because you think that because the light is green, it's time for you to move. But I showed up to let you know that you got to take heed to the voice of the Holy Spirit, because sometimes it's not the whole. It's not the Lord that is turned on that green light. Sometimes it's the enemy with a counterfeit and waiting can save your life. And I feel it and I sense that on this Mother's Day that some of you have been in the the valley of challenge and of trial and tribulations of various kinds. As James starts, he says, my brothers in my brethren in in chapter one, verse two, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience and so some of you you are in a position right now and you're in the middle of a challenge this whole unbothered series God has just been sending me with encouragement every week because I know and I feel like somebody is at the end of your road and there's and oftentimes the devil watch this causes us to make decisions that jack up our entire life in moments of desperation And because you've been desperate, oh man, I feel this thing. Because you've been desperate, some of you, you just been ready to jump into the first relationship with the first person that will tell you you look nice. Come on, somebody. With the first person that's willing to pop out a ring. I don't care if you get down on your knees in front of me. Unless I got down on my knees first and God said that you're the one. I don't care how many you can get down on on all your knees and all your hands. But I'm not jumping into a relationship with you just because I'm desperate. Come on, somebody because every green light is not a God light 
Oh my, oh my. I know loneliness has been hard, but I'm telling you, the loneliness that you're experiencing is more beneficial than what will happen if you jump into something that God hasn't designed for you. Oh, I came to preach to a real church on this morning. Y'all better open your mouths and talk back to me if you know exactly what I'm talking about. Because some of you, you think that what you're about to jump into is going to remedy the situation. You don't even realize that it's actually going to jack you up far worse than what you're experiencing right now. And there's a story, there's a story, few books before, I know I'm talking right, watch this. In the book of Acts, what book did I say? Keep your finger in James, because we're going back to James, we like him. But Acts chapter 16, watch, verse 22, there's a story here about an individ- individuals by the names of Paul and Silas. Everybody say Paul and Silas. And the Bible says in verse 22, this is, you know, they're in it. They're in a place where uh, they're preaching the gospel and they're beaten and they're jailed consequently. And so in verse 22, it says, and the multitudes rose up together against them and the magistrates rent off their clothes or took off or ripped off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into the prison charging the jailer to keep them safely and the bible says uh the bible says that in verse 24 who having received such a charge thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks and at midnight somebody say at midnight Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God and the prisoners heard them. And then verse 26, look at this. And suddenly there was a great earthquake. Everybody say an earthquake. So that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bands were loose. We usually get excited about that, don't we? And we sing, oh, look, you know, the earthquake came when they were singing hymns. Oh, oh, praise God. Oh, the blood of Jesus. And they, they were probably in there. There is power, power, wonder working power. Y'all don't know about that. In the blood. And they were in there and they're singing. And then the earthquake happened because of their praise. And so in the middle of your situation, you ever heard it preached preach like that? In the middle of your situation, go ahead and sing and praise God. And God will shake up your situation. And the bands and the chains will be loose. And oh, Lord, and we just stopped there. But even though their chains came off, oh my, I wish somebody would track with me. Even though the earthquake came, I wonder if there's anybody. Watch this. Look, 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 look. Verse 27. And the keeper of the prison, awakening out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners would have fled. So he was expecting them to leave and if they left prematurely, they would, he would have killed himself because those who were in charge of him would have killed him if they all left while they were under his charge. So look at this now. Oh my. Are you seeing where I'm going? The Bible says in verse 28, before the prisoner was able to kill himself, but Paul cried out with a loud voice saying, do thyself no harm for we are all here. My God. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? 
oh I feel a preach the earthquake was not for Paul and Silas to get out of the prison come on somebody even though the earthquake came to loosen their bands and to loosen the shackles how many of you know you serve a God that he can set you free while you're right in the prison come on because the assignment is greater than you getting out God has called you to do more than just get out of jail soon or early. Come on, somebody. There was a jailer that was in that prison that was about to kill himself. But the fact of the matter is that if Paul and Silas, if they got out of the jail early, they would have missed the opportunity to stop this man from committing suicide. He ends up asking, what must I do to be saved? And the Bible even tells us later in the verses that he and his whole household were saved and baptized. Come on, somebody. As a result of Paul and Silas relying on the leading of the Holy Spirit and the wisdom that told them, even though your bands are loose, it doesn't mean run away from the problem because there's someone who's there that needs the deliverance that you have to offer oh my I could close my bible right there I told you I was waiting at the light and the light was green but God said wait and my life almost got jacked up if, if, if I had not listened in that moment I mean the earthquake it shook the prison I mean isn't that a sign that it's time for us to get out but no, the assignment was greater. And that's why you and I got to, oh, I feel this preach. We got to walk in line with the Holy Spirit. I hear 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13. I quote it a lot because I love it and it helps me. The Bible says, Paul says, there's no temptation that has taken you. That's not common to man, but God is faithful. Somebody say he's faithful says that he won't suffer you or allow you to be tempted above that which you are able but with the temptation I feel this preach will make a way of escape for you to be able to get out for you to be able to bear it and so sometimes the stuff that God will bring us through is not just for you to get to the place where you get out come on but like Paul and Silas sometimes there's an assignment that's greater than your get out come on I wonder if there's anybody that knows what I'm talking about there's an assignment that's greater than you getting out of the prison and you and I gotta walk in a place of patience so that we can fulfill our assignment in the season that we're in I know that it's hard. I know that you want to get out. But the Bible makes it clear that we've got to walk in patience. And I don't know where this is in your life. But I want to challenge you in this regard. Are you still with me? And so if if we're going back to the book of James. Look, Paul. James says rather, my brethren, count it all joy when you enter into thy first temptations. Because, again, we're most challenged in the area of patience when it is that we are going through difficult times. And then the Bible says, but let patience have her perfect work in you. That you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. And so some of you, you might be hearing this and you're like, wait a minute, fam. I thought you said no perfect people allowed pastor I thought you but here's the scripture telling us that we need to be perfect no he's saying let patience have her and since it's mother's day I like this translation it's uh, women person uh, patience is personified as a woman it says let her have her perfect work in you that you may come to the place watch this the word for perfect there is the word teleos everybody say teleos 
in the original in the greek that it was written in originally teleos means to what to perfect to mature to complete to bring to completion let patience watch this bring in the season that you're in because in the context of the chapter paul is talking about trials and challenges that you're in so he's saying watch this the patient that's that the patience that is at work in your life during the tests that you're in yeah that one and that one too and yep yep, that was that's the one i'm talking about too that let patience have its perfect work in other words let it come to completion that you may be to a place of maturity that you may bring to be to a place where it finishes the work that God has started in you. And that's it. See, sometimes not only is the assignment that you have in the prison situations that you're in bigger than just your life, but the fact is oftentimes it's because God is trying to season you with stuff that you need in that season that you're in. And so he says, let patience, let patience have its perfect, its teleos work in you, that you may be teleos, that you may be in a position where you are mature. God doesn't want you to be an immature Christian. God doesn't want you to walk around in a place of immaturity. Yes, you, for some of you, you may have just gotten saved and you are experiencing some challenges. This is because God is trying to grow you up. Any witnesses? And there are many of you that have been saved for a long time, but you've just been stuck on salvation. But God's call on your life is greater than you just going to heaven. He wants the miraculous to be efficacious in your life. He wants that when people encounter you, that life change happens. And it only happens as you continue to mature and grow in him. Who's with me this morning? And so watch this, watch this, uh, go, note what he says this, that you may be perfect and entire or complete or whole or mature, wanting nothing. In other words, as a result of your patience, you can be in a place where you are, where you are experiencing prosperity as a result of your patience. Where you are prospering. This of course does not, is not exclusively speaking about finances. But it's speaking about you prospering in every area of your life. Who wants to prosper? There are many of you who have not been experiencing the prosperity that God has assigned for your life. And the reason why is because you have been quitting in the challenges. You've been moving on too quickly. God wanted to prosper that relationship, but you got out of it too fast. Who am I talking to? Because your emotions got hurt when God had a plan beyond where you were at that moment. Might be tight, but it's right. And so can I give you point number two? Here it is. Patience, patience or a lack thereof often predetermines whether our problems will pulverize or prosper us. Patience or a lack thereof often predetermines whether our problems will pulverize or prosper us. What I mean by this is that when God allows stuff to happen in your life, Paul, James starts by saying, 
count it all joy. Your perspective should be joyful because, watch this, as long as you are alive, whatever God sends your way, it's with the purpose of building you up and prospering you and also blessing those that are around you. Come on. So as long as I'm alive, what doesn't kill me, can I just bore the cliche, will make me stronger. And there are many of you that have said it's over and you are ready to give up because of what it is that you are facing when God's desire is to strengthen you. And so patience or a lack thereof predetermines what whether our problems will break us apart or whether they will prosper us. You know, I want to even put it this way because some of you, you might be in this place and you're like, Pastor Andrew, I have been patient. And you know I like to talk about ovens. Uh, and I like to talk about food, even though I'm a little guy. Uh, you know, my grandmother used to call me a guama diver. Buy you segretimus because I just love food. You know, I don't need to eat a lot of it, but I just like food. I just like it. It's wonderful. And so anyways, one of the things about an oven is, look, Pete, this. You can put something in the oven, but even if you put it in the oven and you leave it in there for the prescribed amount of time, at the end of it, you can still take it out and watch this. The fries are still soggy. Hold up, hold up. Watch this though. Peep this. Peep why? Peep why? The biggest reason why this will happen at times is because, watch this, before you put the fries in the oven for the prescribed time, you got to preheat it. Oh, y'all missed it. There's a preheat function where you turn the knob and you get it to the place, watch this, where there's an orange light or some of your things might beep and you have to wait for the temperature to get to the right place and that needs to precede you putting the thing in the oven. And so many of you watch this, you got stuck, you put that, yeah, you've been in that relationship for 10 years, but before putting it in the relate, in the oven, you did decided, you didn't decide to preheat the oven to Jesus. Oh my God. So this relationship is not even founded on the Lord and you're doing things your way and expecting godly results. I don't know who I showed up to preach to today until you find your found your relationship and until you found your life on the things of Christ, don't matter how long you do it. Even if you follow this person's 10 steps to joy or to victory or to anointing or to power, if you're doing it with the wrong motive or if it's not founded on Jesus Christ, it is not going to last is your oven preheated i know you've been saving i know you've been putting money away and for some of you you're putting money away and you're like why is it that the it always just keeps there's just stuff always popping up taking my money and i've been saving for years and years and years are you giving did you preheat the oven to generosity are you someone who's always taken from folks but never put in anything in there? Oh, y'all don't want to be real with me on this morning. Are you someone that, see, there's, there's, there are prerequisites oftentimes. So you can be paid, you can be waiting and waiting and waiting, but is the oven in a place? Oh man, this is, this is helping me. I wonder if there's anybody else that understands because the fact of the matter is that for some of you, for some of you, it's, you haven't done what God is requiring prior to this. And this is why we're not experiencing what it is that he has called us to. And so you can put it in. At the wrong time for the right amount of time. And your stuff still ends up soggy. I just love you enough to keep it 100. And so the fact of the matter is, as we move on, you know, as we move on, watch this. 
Because, you know, when we're moving on and we're talking about this, someone's saying, well, how do I have patience? How do I have patience? I love how James renders this in the text in verse 4. He says, but let patience have her perfect work in you. Does he say that you, you need to make patience? He said, let patience. Some of your translations may say steadfastness because it's a similar word or, or, uh, or endurance. Right. Let it happen. In other words, it's something. uh, Here's point number three. Patience isn't a result of human exertion. It comes through. And I'm going to say Holy Ghost submission. See, see, the fact is that often of us, oftentimes you and I are in the middle of challenging situations and we've been trying to have patience. You've been trying to. Oh, I'm just going to. Anybody ever been there? You're like, I'm trying to have patience, child. I mean, I've been out without a job for years now, you know, and I'm trying to have patience. And I'm, and I'm trying, I'm try, you know, these kids, they're, getting, they're jumping on my lap. I have one more nerve, one more nerve that's working in my whole body. And, the ki- and they're just jumping right on that one last nerve. Maybe I'm the only parent that's ever been there. Okay. And you're like, man, I'm trying to have patience. And you snap. Because patience, watch this, and the biblical patience that we're talking about is not something that comes through your trying. It comes through your trusting. Watch this. I love the Bible. In Galatians chapter 5 verse 22, the Bible makes it clear that patience is actually a fruit or a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. So when you get saved, you get the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes along with your salvation. In fact, Titus 3, 5 says that God saved us not of works, watch this, but by the washing, regeneration, and renewal of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit at salvation is a part of the salvific experience and he comes into your heart and into your life. And so there are things that can manifest in your life if you will let the Holy Spirit, if you will yield to the Holy Spirit that's in your heart. Oh my, I want to help somebody that doesn't realize that you have treasure. Can I just teach for 10 seconds? Because you have treasure, the Bible says, in this earthen vessel. The Holy Spirit is priceless and it's in you right now. It's in you and you have the capability of tapping in to the Holy Spirit and saying, Holy Spirit, in times of challenge, give me patience, manifest patience in my life. And it might not be something that happens instantaneously, but the more you pray these prayers, read Galatians 5.22, take it down, go and look at the fruit of the Spirit. These are things that you can ask and practice, asking the Holy Spirit to have these things to manifest in your life. Are you still with me? You know, in the patient word for patience, there is the Greek word macrothemia. And it means long-suffering, steadfastness, endurance, perseverance. The Holy Spirit will give you the ability to do this. So you've got to let patience, James says. Let patience have her perfect work in you. That you will be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. It's something that you have to let. And so as I bring this plane down for a landing, as I've told you, you got to be to the place where, you know, realize that sometimes wisdom screams, stop at life's green lights. And number two, not only this, patience or a lack thereof often predetermines whether our problems will pulverize or prosper us. And then number three, patience isn't a result of human exertion. 
It comes through Holy Ghost submission. Who's with me? And you need to understand the fact of the matter is that as James, as you know, as James even says in verse five, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God that gives to men liberally and upbraideth not or doesn't take it back. God gives wisdom. That's one of my daily prayers is God give me wisdom. God give me patience. And so the fact of the matter is, the fact of the matter is that God has assigned for us, watch this, to be able to ask. If you're in a situation and you're like, I I see the green light, but I don't know whether or not I should move or whether I should wait. You can ask God for wisdom in that moment. Man, as I bring this plane down for a landing, I'm thinking of a few people in scripture who in their lives, they had to wait. And consequently, as a result of their waiting, God blessed their socks off when they could have gotten out prematurely. I already told you about Paul and Silas, but I remember about Joseph's 13 year process. Fact of the matter is he was thrown into a pit for sharing his dreams at the age of 17. And the Bible makes it clear that God gave him this promise that one day he would be in a position of power. But he ended up getting thrown in a, in a prison and was there and even helped folk out on the inside who were supposed to let him out. Come on, somebody. But in that moment, he stayed faithful and he waited in that moment. And consequently, God delivered him. But it took 13 years for him to get to a place of breakthrough. And Psalm 105 verse 17 through 19 lets us know that during those 13 years of waiting, that God was testing and building Joseph's character. Who's with me? Some of the stuff you're going through as God God saying it's not time yet. That's why you haven't heard the oven beep yet because there's still some stuff that he has to process in you. How about David's 15 year journey from his anointing to his kingship? God made it clear through the prophet that David was supposed to be the next king of Israel. Who am I talking to? And the fact of the matter is he even pulled him miraculously from the backyard because there were, he was not in the position where he had the physical appearance of someone who was supposed to be a king. And he was anointed. But in between his anointing, he got to a place where he was hunted by Saul. And he had to live out in the wilderness. And he was running from Saul because Saul was jealous about the anointing that was on on David's life. And it took him 15 years from his anointing to his kingship. Can I tell you about somebody who waited longer? How about Abraham and Sarah? Abraham and Sarah, Sarah was well above eight years of being able to have children. You know how many, I love it. There are so many miracle baby stories in this house. And I just love how God even does this because God promised, God promised for Sarah that she was going to have a child for Abraham and Sarah. And the Bible makes it clear that Abraham was 75 years old. When he got this promise. But Abraham and Sarah waited for 25 years. Without giving up on the promise that God made. Even though initially it was difficult for them to believe. They hung in there. Come on somebody. Because they knew that if God said it. That what he said that he would bring to pass. 25 years later when Abraham was 100 years old. God brought the promise to pass. How about Mary? Told you about her a few weeks ago when we preached on jealousy. Mary, God shows up to her and says, you're going to have the son of God. Or angel Gabriel tells her, you're going to have a son of God. 
She ends up miraculously being impregnated. But guess what? Even when Jesus was born, it did not mean that she saw that she, she probably looked at him. Is he really going to be the son of God? Is he really going to save people from their sins? And Mary had to wait, come on, for 33 years and about 10 months before she saw the manifestation of the son of God dying for the sins of mankind as was prophesied to her. I don't know who I showed up to preach to on today i don't know how long you've been waiting in the middle of what you're facing and i don't know how intense it is but i'm here to tell you to count it all joy and to hang in there because if you hold on the bible says in isaiah chapter 40 verse 31 those who wait upon the lord come on he shall renew their strength they shall run and not be weary come on they will walk and not faint i don't know how long you've been walking he says they shall mount up with wings as eagles god can even give you the ability to fly over the thing that was destined to kill you if you would just wait on him who am i preaching to on this morning i hate galatians chapter 6 verse 9 says don't get weary in doing good for in due season in due season in due season you will reap if you faint not And so I don't know where you're at today, but you've been bothered by the weight. Some of you, you've been in a place of impatience and you've been struggling, especially if God has given you a promise and said that something is going to come to pass. And I'm here to tell you, it's not quitting time. As long as there's life, there's hope. And he is faithful to bring it to completion. But you've got to let patience have its work. And you don't plant seeds. And then when you see time go by, walk away because you didn't see something grow. You got to stay. And you got to go and come back and look. And some of you, you need to go and revisit that place where you planted those seeds. Oh, I feel prophecy here. There's somebody you walked away from the place where you planted those seeds. And God says it's time to go back. God says it's time to go back and look for the harvest that you planted some of you over a decade ago. And you've left it because of the hardship that you faced. But it's time to hurry up and wait.